FLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Good to be back with you here bright and early on a Tuesday morning at 6. Time for our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM AM 540 and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour Trump returning to Florida. More in one minute. Trump, race, and the truth about Baltimore next on Good Morning Orlando. 601 on News Radio 93.1. Donald Trump is headed back to Florida. Last month, he kicked off his re-election campaign in Orlando, and next week, the president will be making a stop at the village's retirement community in Sumter County. According to the White House, Trump will tout his administration's progress on securing and improving Medicare. Meanwhile, tonight is round two for the Democratic presidential candidates. The second debate from Detroit is again broken up over two nights, ten candidates apiece. Tonight's lineup includes Montana Governor Steve Bullock, a Democrat elected in a state very favorable to President Trump. Bullock failed to qualify for the opening debate last month. Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren also share the stage tonight. Frontrunner Joe Biden will wait until tomorrow night, so will California Senator Kamala Harris, who took direct aim at the former vice president's record on race relations on the debate stage a month ago. Jared Halpern, Fox News. We'll look ahead to that debate later in the show. A little conversation about exactly how this might play tonight. The stakes are high, Alan. All right, bud. This news brought to you by Trustco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A child is dead after being left inside a hot car in South Florida. The body of two-year-old Noah Sneed was found yesterday in a van outside a daycare center in Oakland Park. We know that at some time the boy was transported to this facility inside that van. What happened once they arrived here is under investigation. Kalita Concepcion with the Broward County Sheriff's Office. It's believed an employee with the daycare center picked up the boy and brought him to the center but left him inside the van. Temperatures inside that van may have reached up to 135 degrees. Another one of these heartbreaking stories we see far too often in the 7 o'clock hour will pose the question, what is justice when it is purely an accident and you lose a small child? Because justice has been all over the lot. We'll talk about it in one hour. Murder is suspected in the death of a former star athlete in Brevard County. Deputies say 20-year-old Deandre Turpin was shot to death over a week ago at a home in Merritt Island on North Courtney Parkway. No arrest has been announced. There's no word on a motive. Turpin played football and ran track at Space Coast High and Coco High. In a Sanford courtroom, the jury in the Grant Amato triple murder trial saw for the first time photographs of the Bulgarian webcam model Amato was allegedly obsessed with. The jury also heard Amato pleading with the woman named Sylvie to send him free videos. I'm asking you if you can please, pretty please, send me one of your videos. Prosecutors say Sylvie is at the center of the family dispute. They say drove Amato to murder his parents and a brother in the family's Chuliota home back in January. The jury could get the case by the end of the week. And a judge says NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell can be questioned under oath about a controversial play in last season's NFC Championship game. 
Attorney Antonio Lamont filed a lawsuit against the NFL regarding a missed pass interference call that hurt the New Orleans Saints' chances of beating the Los Angeles Rams in January. Three referees will also be questioned. WFLA News Time is 6.05. A woman files a million-dollar lawsuit after walking into a grocery store window. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. Use your smart speaker. Tell Google Home to play News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Good morning, Orlando. Butt heading around Inspector Michael Yaffe and Melissa Fox with you until 9 o'clock. Your seat reserved right here where we like to see you on the 50,000 watt front porch. Thanks to Yaffe for hosting while I was away yesterday. And, um, boy, I got to tell you, all kinds of things continue to break loose. It gets a little hard to keep up with, but we're going to do our best in a moment. We get deeply into it. It's Trump, it's race, and it's the truth about Baltimore. And the question on the table, is it no longer possible to be critical of a minority or a minority community without having the race card played on you? It seems that's where we are. That is not a good place. If you want to join the conversation, get in early, 407-916-5400. Toll free, 866-916-5400. And on the text line, 23680, standard message and data rate supply. And we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 607 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now locally. Lightning being blamed for a house fire in Orlando. A home on Scranton Avenue caught fire yesterday during a thunderstorm. A man and his four-year-old son were in the home at the time, but they both made it out okay, and the family, though, has now been displaced because of the damage to their home. Updates at least every 10 minutes for you on our top stories. Count on it here in Good Morning Orlando. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henniger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox. In my absence yesterday, Yaffe did a great job of getting the ball rolling on uh, chronicling exactly what's been going on over the weekend uh, with Trump and Elijah Cummings, who is the congressman who represents uh, a, a district in Maryland that includes the inner city of Baltimore where conditions are as bad or worse than you will find anywhere in this country and, frankly, it appears, in many third-world countries. But don't criticize Cummings. He's black. Don't criticize a community that part of which is predominantly black because if you do, you are branded a racist. And the president, of course, has been branded exactly that from, you know, from, from Cummings, from Al Sharpton, from whom you will hear shortly. Um, Trump wasn't happy with Cummings when Cummings lit into his acting Department of Homeland Security Secretary McAleenan recently in congressional testimony about conditions for migrants on the border where they're just overwhelmed here and people are packed in tightly and he just railed on, you know, on the ter- intolerable conditions 
for the kids. And the president was mad as he could be. Then he saw a report over the weekend, apparently, about the horrible conditions in Baltimore, and he went after Cummings big time. What did he say? If you want to catch up, let's do it right now. Representative Elijah Cummings, he tweeted, has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of the Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA. Stay tuned for the truth about Baltimore. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run, just very crowded. Cummings District is a disgusting rat and rodent-infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. The president continued, Why is so much money sent to the Elijah Cummings District when it is considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the U.S.? No human being would want to live there. Where's all the money going? How much has been stolen? Investigate this corrupt mess immediately. And yesterday, Trump tweeted in addition... Um, that Baltimore has the worst crime stats in the nation. Well, what are the facts? Despite a population of just a little more than 600,000, Baltimore had the highest homicide rate of all top major cities in 2018. The most murders per 100,000 people. In addition to the second highest overall violent crime rate in 2018. This is not according to some right-wing rag. This is according to the local newspaper, the Baltimore Sun. Are they racist for writing such things? I'm sure some there would suggest they are. At any rate, it's far more dangerous, the statistics show. Now listen to me, because of the border situation. We got people flowing across through Mexico out of these horrible Central American countries like El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. Stats show that it is more dangerous to live in the inner city of Baltimore than it is in Guatemala, where people are fleeing, they say, for their lives. How could it be in Baltimore? One factor is, and we, we chronicled this when it happened, the Freddie Gray case, where he was ended up dying after being in police custody and resisting arrest. He was black. Cops were vilified. They were put on trial. As a result, they backed off, and crime has been rampant even more so than usual in Baltimore. In inner-city Baltimore, in Cummings District, 22% of the people live below the poverty level. And that's despite the fact that there are middle-class and upper-class areas of the Cummings District. But the inner city of Baltimore is where the focus is right now. And you think Trump's making it up when he talks about rat-infested neighborhoods of Baltimore? Listen now to former Baltimore Mayor Catherine Pugh taking a tour of her city last year. What the hell? We should just take all this down. Ooh, you can smell the rats. Oh my God, you can smell the dead animals. You can smell the rats. You can smell the dead animals. Now here's Michelle, longtime Baltimore resident. She's black, but she totally sides with Trump. And what the president's been tweeting about Baltimore Congressman Elijah Cummings. Trump is not racist, not to my knowledge. I'm glad that he pointed it out. I'm glad that he put him on blast. Because people in West Baltimore have been putting Elijah Cummings on uh, him on blast for years. Ever since he's been in office. He never did anything for us, like I said. If he's supposed to be from this neighborhood, like I said, supposed to be, it just, the rats just didn't come. These houses just didn't get torn down. They've been like this. 
if he would take the time out to come over here and see how things are, maybe he'd do be better at his job. That's Michelle, who lives in inner city Baltimore. She's inoculated against any charges of being racist because she's black. If she were white and said that, what do you think she would be branded? A racist, of course. Let's look at uber-liberal presidential candidate Bernie Sanders here. Back in 2015, he said this after touring inner city Baltimore. But anyone who took the walk that we took, we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country. But today what we're talking about is a community in which half of the people don't have jobs. We're talking about a community in which there are hundreds of buildings that are uninhabitable. We're talking about a community where kids are unable to go to schools that are decent. That's Bernie Sanders in 2015. Can anybody recall? Yaffe, was he branded a racist back then? Did the Bud Man miss something? Was I out that day? I don't recall him being branded a racist. Nope, nope. Don't think so. He's a white guy, but he's a liberal. So he's inoculated, okay? If you are a Republican, if you are a conservative, and you are white, and you say anything like that about a black public figure or conditions in a largely black community, you are automatically branded a racist. Al Sharpton, who got into it with Trump over the weekend, and uh, Trump ripped him pretty good, happened to be in Baltimore uh, yesterday and then on MSNBC. But let me set it up. This is what Trump tweeted about Sharpton early on Monday. I've known Al for 25 years. Went to fights with him, and uh, Don King always got along well. He loved Trump. He would ask me for favors often. Trump tweeted in response to a post from Sharpton indicated he was traveling to Baltimore and said further, Al's a con man, a troublemaker, always looking for a score, just doing his thing. Hates whites and cops. And here is Sharpton. Trump has decided that he is going to run a blatantly racist campaign. He is counting on American people to be that bigoted, and he's trying to energize that base. Ah, so if you're a member of the Trump base and you vote for him for re-election, you've just had the racist stamp put on you by the likes of Al Sharpton and other legendary, infamous race baiters in the African-American community. Now listen, is this where we are in this country now? Are we going to accept this? That if you are critical of a black public figure or conditions in a largely black community, it can't be legitimate. You are racist. And that's how they get you to back away and keep your mouth shut. That's my assessment of where we are in America as we speak. What are your thoughts on all of this? and our look into the truth about Baltimore. Let's talk. 407-916-5400 or the text line 23680 or standard message and data rate supply. By the way, on the text line, just as on the phones, we invite you, if you'd like, to give us your name and your hometown. First name, hometown, if you like. You can still get on the text line and on the air if you don't, but we want you to have that opportunity. So join the conversation, which begins right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. 
Headlines now. President Trump has signed a bill extending funding for the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. In a Rose Garden ceremony yesterday, the president said the nation has come together to honor true American warriors. The bill provides long-term health care funding for first responders who were affected by toxic debris at Ground Zero after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in our top stories, and we keep it up on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So, gang, what about it? Is that where we are in this country? You're branded a racist if you are critical of a black public figure or conditions in a largely black community. That's where we are, isn't it? Yeah, you know, but I think it's even worse than that. You're branded a bigot if you disagree with someone else's religion. A lot of times you're branded all kinds of things in this politically correct world when you disagree about something. But yes, racism seems like the worst of all when you talk about this subject. I'm just concerned that we're not going to be having any checks and balances if the race card is automatically just thrown out there. You know, I mean, here you've got someone who's clearly corrupt, regardless of skin color, you know, who's poking fingers and Trump says, clean up your own mess first. And all of a sudden it's a race issue. Come on. Yeah. It does affect the natural um, checks and balances system between the three branches of government, the two, particularly executive and, and legislative. I think that's an interesting point you raised, Melissa. You know, in one of his tweets, President Trump uh, complained about being called a racist. In fact, more than one of those tweets. Yeah. And then he turned around in the one tweet and referred to Elijah Cummings as racist. Yeah, that would be a Trump counterpunch, I think, as he would say. Yeah. Because he's been branded that, exactly. Is he just supposed to sit there and take it when they say that, Alan? Is he just supposed to take it? I, You know, I don't know. I think, you know, his history uh, has given people uh, reason in their minds to accuse him, make these accusations against the president based on prior statements, prior tweets, prior speeches, etc. Let's go to the phones. Robert, you're in Oviedo, joining the conversation on Good Morning well, Orlando. Good what do you have to say? Hey, well, like Rush said, this is what pushback looks like. I'll tell you what, Elijah Cummings is a poster boy for term limits. Four decades, Google where he lives and what he's worth. He's done nothing to help his district. I mean, that is just a total sham. You look the condition of the buildings and the billions that pour into Baltimore every year. Where the heck is the money? Trump is right. Need to shine the light on these guys. It's always these loudmouths that get exposed later. Remember Wiener? Once he got exposed, what happened to him? They need to expose Elijah Cummings. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But I got to tell you, you said this is what pushback looks like, right? That was your first line. You yeah, abs- Bush used to get pushed around. We were so mad. Like, would you please fight back? And we love Trump because he fights back and exposes it with facts. That's what my piece that I'm going to share with you, it's really not mine, but it's apropos of exactly where we are, is all about, and it's coming up right after the Bloomberg Business Report, and it's, it's you will love it, Robert. Do not go away. Thanks for what you've had to say. Texters are checking in, some putting a name in a hometown, as we're inviting you to do on the text line. Yeah, one uh, Dale from Altamont says, the word racist needs to be disallowed like the N-word. Um, so, there you go. Well, how mm-hmm. about the one on top, Melissa? Read that. Okay, I'll get to that one for you. Amen. But Oh, it's the one that's praising Bud, man. I should have known. Thanks for having the courage to <laughs> say it like it is, Bud. There you go. Yeah. It's what we try to do here, right? Yes. 
agree or disagree. All right, fair enough. I, I like this text, though. What? Is this the movie Groundhog's Day? It's, we seem to be going over the same territory day after day after day. I don't mean this show, but in terms of the tweets back and forth and, and the rhetoric back and forth in Washington these days. Well, yeah, for you got into it heavily yesterday, what you had to work with at that point, and we've taken it, you know, down well, the field and I, here. And I did what you did. I personally thanked Trump for giving me some show material. So. <laughs> well, he is the gift that keeps on giving right now, but there is other news, and our co-host Alan Spector is going to bring it to us all right now. Alan? But Orange County teachers say no, and a deadly paragliding accident in Lake County. We'll have those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 6.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. News update with Alan Spector now and a big local story that broke late last night. Unprecedented, bud. For the first time, Orange County teachers have turned down a proposed contract. It was defeated by a nearly 4-to-1 margin. The district was offering a pay raise, but an increase in health insurance costs would have meant some teachers would actually take home less money. The Classroom Teachers Association and the Orange County Public Schools will now have to return to the bargaining table. The news is brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A man is dead after a paragliding accident in Lake County. The man, identified as 60-year-old Michael McGuire from Kentucky, was piloting an ultralight-powered glider yesterday morning when it suddenly spun out of control and crashed into Lake Beauclair in Tavares. It's a single passenger sit-in, almost you've seen him with go-karts, you know. Um, my understanding was this was a three-wheeled aircraft. Sheriff Sergeant Fred Jones says a parachute was deployed, but it was too late. McGuire's body was pulled from the lake. He was paragliding with two friends who landed safely at a nearby golf course. The men had taken off from the Apopka Airport. A ceremony today in Brevard County will mark a milestone for an aerospace defense company. Lockheed Martin will celebrate the move of its Fleet Ballistic Missile Headquarters from California to Titusville. More than 300 employees are involved in the move to the facility at State Road 405 and Grissom Parkway. They won't be ready in time for school starting next month, but officials are gathering in South Florida to begin coming up with national standards to make classrooms safer. Federal officials plan to launch a school safety clearinghouse in November, offering best practices to benefit all schools. Parkland parent and Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission member Max Schachter says the first meeting is today. We're inviting over three dozen different stakeholders from all different aspects, uh, mental health, law enforcement, superintendents. He it's important that all experts in the different fields agree with the hope that the best practices are uploaded to a federal website for implementation nationwide. Eric Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Five whales that stranded themselves on a Tampa Bay area beach are getting help from marine biologists. Three will be taken out into deep water and released. Two others will get a stop at a Tarpon Springs facility run by Clearwater Marine Aquarium. NOAA Marine Mammal Specialist Jessica Powell says the short fin pilot whales weigh almost a ton each. Four of the animals that we have stranded are between 13 and 14 feet. We think those animals are adults. We also have one smaller animal that's about 10 feet long, and we think that animal is a subadult or a, or a juvenile. The whales were discovered early yesterday morning on Reddington Beach. WFLA News Time 636. If you miss any part of Good Morning Orlando, get caught up with our podcasts on iHeartRadio and Find out more about that at WFLAOrlando.com. 
National headlines right now updating a story that has been big news for the last day plus. The northern California city of Gilroy coming together now after that deadly mass shooting at a garlic festival. A vigil held yesterday for the three victims who were killed over the weekend, including a young boy, um, a girl, and, uh, and a young man. About a dozen others were hurt when the gunman opened fire with a semi-automatic weapon. Uh, this into a crowd of festival goers. The shooter was killed by police. Shortly after opening fire, his motive not yet determined. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes in the top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Henninger, Alan Spector, Michael Yaffe, and Melissa Fox on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Here's the piece entitled He Fights, referring to Trump, which has been around a while but seems really apropos for exactly where we are politically right now. I'm going to give you excerpts. It was penned by conservative Evan Sayed, who's the author, among other things, of The Kindergarten of Eden, How the Modern Liberal Thinks. My leftist friends, as well as many ardent never-Trumpers, constantly ask me if I'm not bothered by Donald Trump's lack of decorum. They ask if I don't think his tweets are beneath the dignity of the office. Here's my answer. I'll welcome your calls and texts as soon as I finish. We right-thinking people have tried dignity. There could not have been a man of more quiet dignity than George W. Bush as he suffered the outrageous lies and politically motivated hatreds that undermined his presidency. We tried statesmanship. Could there be another human being on this earth who so desperately prized collegiality as John McCain? We tried propriety. Has there been a nicer human being ever than Mitt Romney? and the results were always the same. This is because while we were playing by the rules of dignity, collegiality, and propriety, the left has been, for the past 60 years, engaged in a knife fight where the only rules are those of Saul Alinsky and the Chicago mob. I don't find anything dignified, collegial, or proper about Barack Obama's lying about what went down on the streets of Ferguson in order to ramp up racial hatreds because racial hatred served the Democratic Party. I don't see anything dignified in lying about the deaths of four Americans in Benghazi and imprisoning an innocent filmmaker to cover your tracks. I don't see anything statesmanlike in weaponizing the IRS to be used to destroy your political opponents and any dissent. Yes, Obama was articulate and polished, but in no way was he the least bit dignified, collegial, or proper. The left has been engaged in a war against America since the rise of the children of the 60s. To them, it has been an all-out war where nothing is held sacred and nothing is seen as beyond the pale. It has been a war they've sought and fought with violence. The threat of violence, demagoguery, and lies from day one, the violent takeover of the universities back in the 60s until today. The problem is that through these years, the left has been the only side fighting this war. While the left has been taking a knife to anyone who stands in their way, the right has continued to act with dignity, collegiality, and propriety. With Donald Trump, this has all come to an end. Donald Trump is America's first wartime president in the culture war. Powerful stuff here. We continue. During wartime, things like dignity and collegiality simply are not the most essential qualities one looks for in their warriors. Ulysses Grant was a drunk whose behavior in peacetime might well have seen him drummed out of the army for conduct unbecoming. Had Abraham Lincoln applied the peacetime rules of propriety and booted Grant, the Democrats might well still be holding their slaves today. Lincoln rightly recognized that I cannot spare this man. He fights. That's the title of this piece on Trump. 
General George Patton was a vulgar-talking son of a bee. In peacetime, this might have seen him stripped of rank, but had Franklin Roosevelt applied the normal rules of decorum, then Hitler and the Socialists would barely be five decades into their thousand-year Reich. Trump is fighting. That's what's particularly delicious, that like Patton standing over the battlefield as his tanks obliterated Rommel, he's shouting, You magnificent bleep! I read your book! I remember George C. Scott doing Patton and saying it like that. This is just the icing on the cake, he continues, but it is wonderful to see that not only is Trump fighting, he is defeating the left using their own tactics. That book is Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, a book so essential to the liberals' war against America that it is and was the playbook for the entire Obama administration and the subject of Hillary Clinton's senior thesis. It is a book of such pure evil that just as the rest of us would dedicate our book to those we most love for those to whom we are most indebted, Olinsky dedicated his book to Lucifer, the devil. Trump's tweets may seem rash and unconsidered, but in reality, he is doing exactly what Olinsky suggested his followers do. So, to my friends on the left and the never-Trumpers as well, do I wish we lived in a time when our president could be collegial and dignified and proper? Of course I do. These are not those times. This is war, and it's a war that the left has been fighting without opposition for the last 50 years. So in conclusion, say anything you want about this president. I get it. He can be vulgar. He can be crude. He can be undignified at times. I don't care. I can't spare this man. He fights. Penned by conservative Evan Sayet. Is that why you overlook so much about Trump's in-your-face style? And his abrasive, sometimes, frankly, vulgar approach? I think there are a lot of folks out there who are in sync with this piece about Trump. We overlook it because we need a warrior, and he fights for what this country is all about. And to keep what we have, and to keep America great. Your thoughts? Welcome. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 where standard message and data rate supply. We'll get to you right after we get to this. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now when it comes to President Trump's critical tweets about Baltimore and Elijah Cummings. Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, a Republican, says enough is enough. On Twitter, Hogan said that people are completely fed up with the nonsense. Hogan called Baltimore the heart and lifeblood of Maryland and home to very strong and resilient people. So Trump is taking it from all sides. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Listen to us anywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Search WFLA Orlando. And a companion to all that's going on with Trump, Cummings, Sharpton, Baltimore, and the piece you just heard about Trump, he fights. In the 8 o'clock hour, we'll ask you, if you had the president's ear as his top advisor, what would you tell him he needs to either keep doing or stop doing in this regard? Remember, we have a very critical election coming up. Yaffe? You know, during the primary, many people know I supported Ted Cruz instead of Trump. You know, I voted for Trump in the general. And I would always ask Trump supporters, what is it you like about Trump so much? What is the one thing you like? And they would always tell me two things, actually. One, he was an outsider 
but two, he fights. And I hear that all the time. He's a fighter, he's a fighter, he's a fighter. And so I definitely understand where that piece is coming from. The only thing that worries me is sometimes I think we're so focused on what we're fighting against that we forget sometimes what we're fighting for. And we for sometimes forget the principles we're fighting for because we're so focused on being against the other person. And that's what worries me sometimes about uh, some of the battles. What bothers me when, when you look at this as a purely political issue uh, is I think the base stays rock solid because they feel like we finally have a warrior because, you know, they've had yeah. warriors on the other side for half a century on this culture war. And he's the first presidential warrior fighting against them, okay? Yeah. Um, but, but that the problem is, you know, he polls at 44 45%, and almost all of that is the rock-solid base, and it will remain so, I'm sure. It's not quite enough to get him elected. And is he going to lose the critical independent vote there? Because when you poll independents, they don't like this stuff. Yeah, I mean, we'll find out in the next election, but we have to remember, in the midterm, we— Republicans lost the House, so it's not inevitable that Trump's going to win, So, but we'll find out. Yep. To my, tonight's debate might tell us something more on that well, later Well, that's on. true. <laughs> you know, the piece you uh, read from, Bud, yep. uh, the, art, the author uh, referred to the last 60 years mm -hmm. as basically the Republicans and the right taking it, and, you know, uh, they haven't been successful because of that, because they've been gentlemen and been nice, according to the author. Uh, but during that 60 years, we had the two terms of Ronald Reagan, a very successful Republican president who at no time lowered himself to the uh, petty and uh, mean statements that uh, of the like that we hear from Donald Trump. Uh, and he was a phenomenal success, and, you know, and, 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 and whipped the left at every turn. That's interesting. And the I Tea think, Party was successful, too. And, the well, that's true, majority. too, and I think there was only one Ronald Reagan. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I would also point out, um, he also said that, you know, because George W. Bush was nice and Mitt Romney was nice and George and uh, John McCain were nice, that's why they were unsuccessful. Well, uh, George W. Bush was elected to two terms in office, Although he did, mm -hmm. I think he had other problems besides the fact that he was nice that led to his uh, president's me presidency maybe being considered unsuccessful. And we also have to look at the fact that there were some deficiencies in the McCain and Romney campaigns as no well, question. besides them being gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to oversimplify it, and, and, and your points are well taken here. Here's a texter saying, voted for Trump because finally someone boldly would fight and tell the left-wing racist the bitter truth. Um, I'm a legal resident citizen since um, 51 years ago. Paid my own money for everything and taxes, it says. Here is from the Chicago area, building himself as a black gentleman, Al Alaki. Is that right, Alaki? Alaki. Go right ahead, sir, very quickly. You say that the Baltimore situation, race... And as a man of color, your perspective will be interesting, even though time is tight. Race makes us overlook things. Go ahead. Yeah, it's just one of the things that, you know, throughout this country and throughout decades, man, you know, people have overly looked and overlooked, you know, the, the fact of race compared to the facts of what's at hand. You know, the truth the truth, the lie is a lie. And, and you can't deny the facts of what it is really existing right before you. You know, and what I can see from what Trump, has been doing, you know, throughout this this country, you know, he's bringing people up to the to the table, like show show who you are, 
So with the situation in Baltimore, you know, it is what it is. The statistics doesn't lie. So what are you doing? It lays in the hands of the table of those that are in city council. Do you think he? Do you think he's racist for calling him out? I can't say the fact of racist. I say call it for what it is. You know, because right. you know, why why should something be labeled to be racist because it's a different ethnicity? You know, that's that's the problem. I mean, because you have racism in every culture. You have racism in every um race. You know, it's it's different classifications. So, you know, just because Trump may not be, you know, the dictating factor of the ethnicity, you can't say, Okay, that's racism because he's calling out something for what it is. Thank you for that, Maliki, from the Chicago area. Wish we could talk longer, but Alan's tapping his watch. We're playing on your nickel. We need a news update. I'm here all morning, when, no matter what happens, bud. It doesn't yeah, but really matter. The ma- clock is chiming seven. What do you got? Trump heads for the villages and another hot van death in South Florida. A child dies. Those stories and others. Plus, traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 701 on Good Morning Orlando. WFLF Fine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock. You're just in time for our latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA-FM, AM 540, and the Radio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour, the president headed back to Florida. More in one minute. And what is justice in the case of these tragic hot car deaths? that are purely accidental. Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. 7.05 on News Radio 93.1. President Trump is getting back on the campaign trail, and that means he's coming back to Florida. Rory O'Neill reports from our newsroom. The president will make his first trip to the villages one week from today. Mr. Trump is very popular in the age-restricted community located in north-central Florida, In 2016, he got 68% of the vote there, and he'll need that level of support again in order to win Florida in 2020. The White House says Tuesday's event will focus on Medicare, but will be by invitation only. Rory O'Neill, News Radio 93.1, WFLA. 20 Democratic presidential candidates are set to face off once again. Their debates are set in Detroit tonight and tomorrow night. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders and Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren will take center stage tonight with some fellow candidates. The second night features former VP Joe Biden and California Senator Kamala Harris, among other contenders. We'll preview the debate tonight in uh, 40 40 minutes or so right here, and uh, and, uh, we'll all get an idea how we feel it's going to turn out. 40 minutes. Please set your clocks. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A child is dead after being left in a hot van in South Florida. Noah Sneed was only two years old. The Broward County Sheriff's Office says Noah was found yesterday in a van parked in the driveway of a daycare and preschool in Oakland Park. It's not known exactly how long he was left in the vehicle as temperatures inside rose to as high as 135 degrees. This is the fourth hot car death in Florida this year, already surpassing the state's annual average of three. And this kind of thing as heartbreaking as it is, can result in just an incredibly wide range 
of um, of criminal action taken. The charges for manslaughter all the way down to nothing. And we'll talk about what justice should look like in these horrible stories. All right, bud. Retailers across the Sunshine State are gearing up for this year's sales tax holiday on back-to-school supplies. According to the Florida Retail Federation, merchants appreciate the holiday because it's second only to Black Friday in terms of generating sales. The holiday is five days this year, running from this Friday through next Tuesday. Eligible items include school supplies costing $15 or less, along with clothing, shoes, and bags selling for 60 bucks or less. Also this year, technology items such as computers are back on the list of tax-free items. Rick Hoshul, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. National Hurricane Center forecasters say a tropical wave over the eastern Caribbean Sea is expected to move to the west-northwest with no significant development over the next few days. Development is slightly more likely over the weekend as the disturbance moves near Florida and the Bahamas. And the American rapper ASAP Rocky is set to go on trial in Sweden despite President Trump's calls to free him. ASAP Rocky's lawyer says the three-day trial is due to begin today. Prosecutors are expected to accuse the rapper and two other men of pushing a man to the ground, then kicking him and hitting him with a bottle. ASAP Rocky, real name Rakeem Myers, has said he was acting in self-defence. He was detained nearly a month ago. The case has caused an unusual dispute between the US and Sweden, with President Trump criticising the Swedish Prime Minister. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. WFLA News Time is 7.08. An Indiana city lets residents pay off parking tickets with donations to an animal shelter. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at WFLA Orlando. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. TM Orlando, weekdays 5 till 6 p.m. News Radio 93.1. All right, uh, T-minus 22 minutes and counting to the bottom of the hour at 7.30. You're going to hear from Ryan Seacrest, and you don't want to miss it, a very special announcement about our participation at WFLA in the upcoming annual Global Citizens Concert in New York City benefiting the struggles against poverty and disease. You're going to hear about the power-packed lineup of some of the top entertainment acts in all the world. So it's coming up here at 7.30. The Budman, Alan, Yaffe, and uh, The Fox with you until 9 o'clock. Deadly serious story to talk about here. We had the hot car death in Florida that Alan just told you about. So tragic. And in the wake of um, two one-year-old twins being lost up in New York City and a grieving dad who was by all reporting just a terrific guy and is grief-stricken beyond imagination Um, You know, saying, my God, I've killed my babies. He has been charged with manslaughter. Don't know what charges, if any, will be in in the daycare hot car van story here that we have now going in Florida. But I did some research on this, and it's it's interesting. And it's something, there's a problem here. The criminal justice system has a problem dealing with this. We have a good idea of what penalties are for murder, armed robbery, et cetera, you know, within a certain range. But here it goes all the way from not charging these grieving parents or, or daycare workers at all, all the way up to manslaughter, put you in a slammer for years. What, what, is, what should justice look like when this horrible accident occurs, as it does far too often? You throw the book at them? Or do you acknowledge that, particularly in the case of surviving parents, they're, they're kind of imprisoned emotionally, tortured for the rest of their lives in all likelihood, and is that enough? It's coming up. 
And an update of Orlando's news, weather, and traffic is just two minutes away. 710 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlining this important local story that broke late last night for the first time ever, Orange County teachers have turned down a proposed contract. It was defeated by a nearly four to one margin. The district was offering a pay raise, but an increase in health insurance costs would have meant some teachers actually would take home less money. The Classroom Teachers Association and Orange County Public Schools will now have to return to the bargaining table. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFLA Orlando. We lose more than 50 kids across the country every year who are just left in hot cars, no malicious intent whatsoever. And left behind, you've got a trail of grief that just never ends. You know, whether it's for a daycare worker who left a child, took everybody else in, didn't know the little ones in the back seat somewhere of the van. We've seen that here. Or whether, and it's even worse for, for the parents, okay, because of the blood connection they have and the love they have for the little ones who are gone. I mean, the guy up in the Bronx you know, uh, from early in last weekend. It's a great dad. They just had a one-year-old birthday party for their for their little twins. And um, he went to work at a VA center. And a couple of blocks away, um, he had parked the car and he left the kids in it and just simply forgot they were back there. And you may say, how can this, how can this happen? But it did happen. He's now facing manslaughter. And in New York, he could be in prison from five to 25 years in Florida, manslaughter conviction will get you 9 to 15. Uh, some of these wind up being adjudicated as child neglect, and that's in Florida up to five years, so could be no prison time at all. And sometimes um, the way it comes down is it is decided by juries that the grief the parents are suffering is sufficient. It will last a lifetime. It's like an emotional prison from which there is no escape so they do not apply any actual prison time when they decide what justice should look like. It's interesting, as I said, for a lot of crimes, Alan, we pretty much have a consensus about what justice looks like. Within a certain range, you're convicted of armed robbery, here's what you get. You're convicted of murder one, here's what you get. Murder two, here's what you get. Manslaughter, here's what you get. But when it comes to adjudicating these hot car deaths that are purely tragically accidental, it's like the criminal justice system can't can't standardize it. They just don't know what to do with it. But in a way, you know, I think we've got maybe two separate cases where two separate uh, sets of sentences or punishments or charges could be applied. Uh, you're talking about the, the situation in New York where a father uh, left his twins right. in a hot car right. and they died. In South Florida, we've got the situation where Apparently, an employee of this daycare center mm -hmm. left the child in a car or in a van. Uh, All right, so who would died. you penalize more severely? I think the employee, because the daycare has been entrusted uh, to take care of your child. Would you Would you imprison the father in the Bronx? I would not, because, and, and this is the point that you have made, as a, as a father, I can't think of anything worse than to know I had a hand in my own child's death I cannot imagine the mental anguish that goes with that, and I can't imagine anyone ever getting over it. It's a lifetime sentence, whether you're behind bars or not. 
Let's listen to a Florida mom from a few years ago, Vanessa Goolsby. Her husband left their baby daughter in a hot car all day by mistake. It wound up destroying her family. And listen to what she said. I'm as guilty as probably everyone else out there who is a parent. They always said, how does that happen to people? How can you forget that your child, the thing you love the most, is in the car? All right, and and let's let's not get into a big debate about well, how could a parent possibly you know forget a kid? All right, it happens, okay. And if there's no malice or there, and you don't have a neglectful parent, otherwise, no evidence of that, and that's what you have in the Bronx, it appears, a manslaughter charge. How do you feel about that? Um, what what is the proper justice here? Should there be prison time? Should there not? You're the judge and jury. The criminal justice system is flailing around across this state and across this country trying to figure out some kind of standardization that would apply, but they're not there. How should these things get resolved? What say you? 407-916-5400 and the text line 23680 where standard message and data rates apply. Thanks, Heather. Speaking of the weather, the National Hurricane Center forecasters say a tropical wave over the eastern Caribbean Sea expected to move to the west-northwest in our general direction with no significant development over the next several days. Development is slightly more likely over this upcoming weekend as the disturbance moves near Florida and the Bahamas. We'll keep an eye on it for you. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. On these tragic, purely accidental hot car deaths involving little kids, Yaffe, take us right to the top of a very busy text line. Yes, uh, this person says, I'm a father of a hot car victim. Punishment is not going to solve the problem. Better technology in cars can. Every case is different, unfortunately. In my family situation, we found out after the fact with my wife's blood work, how sick she was. This can happen to anyone. I can't overstate this. And uh, Melissa, what else do you see there? There are those who are saying, you know, yeah, we, we need to prosecute. Others say no. Tracy's checking in from Windermere, and she says, I would charge with manslaughter. No jail time, but 1,000 hours of community service with child protective services and mandatory counseling. I think anywhere you look, you'll see, though, that there are mandatory sentencing guidelines for manslaughter, that if it's a conviction on manslaughter, you're going to prison. You're going to prison. Uh, it, it, there wouldn't yeah. be that much judicial discretion. At least I believe that to be true. Um, Some people are taking Alan to task about his comment about the daycare worker entrusted with the care of the child so they can be convicted. But Alan, the parent whose primary responsibility is for the care of the child, uh, how does that make sense? I'm not sure I understand their I was, point. I was saying that regardless of whether it's a child care worker or the parent themselves, their responsibility is the child. Well, that's true. Uh, but I think the, uh, the anguish that's going to be felt by a parent is going to be much more severe than perhaps the employee, who I'm sure is going to feel guilt over what happened. But again, it's someone who's been entrusted with the care, the center has been entrusted with the care of this child, there should be some responsibility on their part. I'm not saying necessarily throw the book at them, but perhaps charges of neglect 
at the very least in that case. And again, th- this is what we're struggling with in the criminal justice system. I'm not suggesting necessarily that there should be a way to kind of standardize penalties in this situation. Um, but boy, they are all over the lot from no prison all the way up to many, many years behind bars. Stay tuned. Very special announcement. Um, and, and we have a role on this in WFLA in an incredible entertainment event, the Global Citizens Annual Concert up in New York City, uh, benefiting the struggles against poverty and disease. Ryan Seacrest will tell you all about the incredible uh, musical lineup. It is coming right up here within our 7.30 break. Teachers overwhelmingly rejected Orange County's offer by more than a 3-to-1 margin. The vote means the county and the Classroom Teachers Association have to go back to the bargaining table. The offer included raises between $500 and $2,000, but there were steep hikes in health insurance premiums offsetting most pay gains. On average, Orange County teachers make about $49,000 for a 10-month contract. Rory O'Neill, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Authorities have identified the man who died yesterday morning when his ultralight-powered glider spun out of control and crashed into Lake Beauclair and Tavares in Lake County. He's 60-year-old Michael McGuire from Kentucky. A parachute was deployed, but it appears to have been too late. Sheriff Sergeant Fred Jones says McGuire's body was pulled from the water after a two-hour search. School superintendents, cops, and mental health officials are set to gather in South Florida today for the first meeting with federal officials trying to develop a clearinghouse for national school safety standards. We cannot let another day go by where lessons learned uh, that will save and mitigate lives and prevent these school tragedies don't get implemented. That's Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission member Max Schachter, who lost his son Alex in the Parkland tragedy. Boston Red Sox legend David Ortiz is thanking fans for their prayers in his first comments since he was shot in the Dominican Republic almost two months ago. The retired slugger said he is enjoying priceless time with his loved ones. Ortiz was shot at the Dial Bar and Lounge in Santo Domingo on June 9th. And elsewhere... Time to remember some old friends... A Friends-themed apartment and pop-up shop honoring the long-running TV sitcom is opening in New York City. The immersive experience in Soho will be open to the public from September 8th through October 9th, with tickets going on sale August 2nd. It's expected to feature all the set recreations, props, and costumes from the former TV series Friends. The pop-up will also include a Friends merchandise store. You guys into Friends? Oh, yeah, I'm actually going through it right now on Netflix because my girlfriend had never seen it. So now we're, we're going through and she loves it. Yeah. Absolutely loves it. It's not going to be on Netflix for much longer either. So make sure you get out yeah. there and watch it. You know, it's hard to believe. Hasn't it been 20 years yeah. since it yes, went off it the air? Mm-hmm. It's amazing how popular it still is yeah. after 20 years. Yeah. If they had a Seinfeld version of that, I would be, I would be all over it. They're probably never got into Friends too much. There probably is some kind of Seinfeld exhibit somewhere. <laughs> probably. That we can visit. Well, surprise, apparently trying to take a missile launcher on board a plane is not allowed. Yeah, come on. Once again, the man is keeping us (laughs) from 
<laughs> taking our missile launchers where we want to. Yeah. It just doesn't seem right, you know? Well, the, T- the TSA says the launcher was found early yesterday morning in a checked bag at Baltimore-Washington International Airport. The agency says the person who had the launcher claimed to have been an active-duty military member who was returning home from Kuwait. The TSA believes the man did not realize he couldn't check the spent launcher in his bag. See, I told you, there's all kinds of problems in Baltimore, you know? It's, I mean, it's, it's, just keep on going. It's rampant. It's <laughs> yeah. rampant. More on that in the 8 o'clock Rats, hour, by the missile way. missile launchers. Yes. And, and finally, Bud, <laughs> here's an update of a story we talked about at this time yesterday. This is about a lawsuit that had gone to the jury and has now been settled. And I wasn't here but and now I get to hear it again? Yes, you have a front row seat. How exciting. For the result, a Christian rapper has won his lawsuit, claiming that Katy Perry's hit song, Dark Horse, stole material from him. A jury in Los Angeles agreeing with Marcus Gray that parts of Perry's hit are lifted from his song, Joyful Noise, which goes a little something like this. You know what it is? Now compare that to Katy Perry's Dark Horse. It's the deep, 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 deep thing. Pretty close. Yeah, that's that's where they claim the copying came. And the federal trial now heads into the penalty phase. Beginning today, jurors will decide how much money may be owed to Gray, also known uh, by the name Flame, and Katy Perry is one of several defendants in the case. We were talking about this yesterday, and we've talked before about these uh, plagiarism cases involving music and how if you listen to any number of songs, uh, you're often reminded of other songs uh, through parts of those songs. And uh, there is, as we talked about yesterday, uh, a finite number of notes and chords that and melodies that can be employed. Yeah, and and the question is, of course, how close is too close? You know. Yeah, I my I. And what and what if you had no idea about uh, somebody else's song and you happen to would, write a song and it got too close? Should you be hit with a penalty if you had no idea? And that and that's the real issue here. You know, what if Katy Perry had no idea, just thought it was good? Yeah, and it's, it sounded good. You know, and just made it. And you How know, you penalize someone for that. One of my favorite ones was the John Fogerty one, where they they claimed he plagiarized himself, and in court for three days he played all of his music, you know, uh, CCR. But they literally were suing him for taking his own creativity and and plagiarizing himself. I guess it was, what? Yeah, if you look it up. It's that's it's nuts. John Fogerty. And, mm-hmm. and one of the most famous cases was uh, the former Beatle George Harrison and his hit "My Sweet Lord." Uh, which it was claimed copied uh, the hit He's So Fine by the Chiffons, and he lost that case. And then there were the Krishnas. Hare Krishna. Mm-hmm. Had that too, yeah. Interesting. So, Good stuff. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. You bet, and we will. We've got a whole podcast on that, don't we? Yeah, it's, you know, it's ubiquitous. It's uh, it's omnipresent. It's it's everywhere. It's elsewhere. Anybody wants to check out the podcast again? How do we do that? Yeah, just go to our website, WFLAOrlando.com, or download the iHeartRadio app and search for Elsewhere with Alan Spector. 
Elsewhere is taking over WFLA, and it's probably a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, coming up in a moment, the Democrats are debating again tonight. We have some thoughts on what to look for and what's at stake and whether or not there could be a breakout performer, because I think the Democrats need one in a moment, right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Well, another debate night in America is all but here. 20 presidential candidates getting ready to rumble in the second round of Democratic debates. It'll be on CNN tonight uh, out of Detroit. Tonight and tomorrow night, 10 on the stage tonight, 10 tomorrow. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren will be taking center stage tonight. Although, wouldn't they need to be on the left? You would think. Uh, Well, I digress. Updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m., News Radio 93.1. Support for Joe Biden was collapsing in the wake of his really fuzzy-headed, uncertain debate performance the first time around. And, um, you know, in some speeches where he just didn't, couldn't even seem to find his way and get three words straight since then. But he's bounced back on the latest Quinnipiac poll right now because no one else in the field is distinguishing themselves. No breakout players yet on the campaign trail. So Biden in the new Quinnipiac poll just out goes into tonight's debate with 34 percent support among Democrats and Democratic-leaning independent voters. And um, Elizabeth Warren is next, way down at 15 percent, followed by Kamala Harris, who's dropped eight points. She's down to 12 and Sanders at 11, Buttigieg at 6. The field tonight, guys, I think that the the two key players are Warren and Sanders, without question, also on the stage and preaching love again, the self-help author and dark horse, darkest of dark horses, Marianne Williamson. That'll be fun. Ohio Representative Tim Ryan, former Texas Representative Beto O'Rourke, who was imploded, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, Um, former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, if you're looking for a guy to, you know, go down the middle and and kind of be mainstream Democrat like uh, like Biden, uh, he would be the one. But whether he can break out, I don't know. Former Maryland Representative John Delaney. And then you got uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg and uh, Montana Governor Steve Bullock. So there are the 10 tonight. I got to tell you, I think Biden's going to have trouble. I just think he's at that stage in his life where he can't handle a forum like that. He says he's going to be a lot tougher. He's not going to take any guff. Um, I don't see who else breaks out here. I think that I think Elizabeth Warren might be the one who might come out of this in 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 the best shape. Uh, but but beyond that, they seem like a bunch of nobodies or, or or candidates that the public's the voters have already passed on. You know, Bud. Regarding the poll you just cited. I wonder about the validity of surveys at this point in general. Uh, Are voters really engaged enough to give you an intelligent answer as to who they really support? Probably not. uh, For the Democratic presidential nomination. Still some name recognition. And, you know, he was Obama's vice president. He's got to be good. I think that's a lot of it, name recognition with Biden. Yeah, although I think a lot of people do watch the debates. I mean, how many millions of people watched the last debate? And I think it helps... People make judgments, and it's kind of amazing that Biden, with such a poor debate defor- performance last time, is still doing so well. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely value in the debates yeah. and getting the candidates out there in front of the people. Um, Here's I, what's going on with the Democrats. Let me let me say that uh, 
they are scared to death they're not going to be able to beat Trump. And and right now, Biden still holds the electability card in the yeah. minds of a lot of Democrats. And the others are really uncertain. They're saying, you know, I like some of these policies, but, you know, they're way out there on the left. You know, I'm kind of with them, but there aren't enough of us to get somebody elected to beat Trump, which is all that matters. If you're a Democrat, really, it's all that matters. And I think they're clinging to Biden say, come on, Joe. You know, peel back the years, get your act together. You got one last fight in you. <laughs> peel back the years. Is that, can you do that? Is that a thing? Well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really excited to hear what spiritualist and author Marianne Williamson has to bring to us tonight. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. You be excited about that. I am less so, but it's always entertaining yeah. when she gets into that. We're going yeah, to preach you know in love saying? and all that stuff. In okay. a 20 minute prayer, uh, apologizing for slavery. That was yeah. my favorite so far. So. Yeah, I know. She's like I a mean, flower child who got who, loose from the 60s. Who would not watch the debate between her and Trump? <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Seriously. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I... There'd be nothing left. And I'm not talking about Trump. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up, we got Rush with a morning update and an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here for you in the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Check of headlines for you right now. President Trump has signed a bill extending funding for the 9-11 Victim Compensation Fund. In a Rose Garden ceremony yesterday, the president said, the nation has come together to honor true American warriors. The bill provides long-term health care funding for the first responders who were affected by toxic debris at Ground Zero after the 9-11 terrorist attacks in 2001. Updates for you at least every 10 minutes on our top stories. Our promise on Good Morning Orlando. Dave Ramsey, weekdays 3 till 5 p.m. News Radio 93.1. Good morning, Orlando. Great to have you with us here on a Tuesday. You know, Alan, you recommended highly that uh, my wife and I see yesterday, and we did over the weekend, and we loved it. Not only all the great Beatles music, but a very interesting storyline. This is the story of a guy who wakes up to find out nobody else but him remembers the Beatles. Yeah, it's like the Beatles never existed, but... All of a sudden, this guy has all the songs in his head, and he becomes a big hit playing them. Not only is this a great gimmick for a movie plot, uh, I thought they carried it out very well with a very nice and romantic story to go along with it. Oh, yeah, his co-star was terrific. You would love this movie if you love the music of the Beatles. And then I'm not going to play spoiler here on the air, but there is one absolutely astounding Beatles-related moment in that movie. I was stunned. It blew me away. Mm -hmm. And um, before it goes, of course, you'll be able to catch it, you know, at home. But, I mean, if you want to catch it on the big screen, um, it's just about out of gas. So uh, (laughs) you'll have plenty of room in the theater. I can promise you that. Um, Next hour here. We're going to take another spin on all that's going on with Trump and race and squad and Cummings and Sharpton. And uh, and the question is, what would you advise the president to do? He's hitting it all pretty hard right now. Will that be productive or counterproductive to the end game for those of us on the Trump train of getting this guy elected and denying the White House to the Democrats? What would you advise the president do? We'll get into that, and I will tell you how you can tell whether a Trump supporter is a racist or not. That's ahead, Alan, but in the meantime, let's get up to date. The president schedules a stop in the villages and the hot van death of a child in South Florida. Those stories and others, plus traffic and weather together in just two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. It's 7.59. 
WFLF Pine Hills, Orlando, WMGF HD3 Mount Dora, Orlando, and W226BT Orlando. News Radio 93.1 WFLA and iHeart Radio Station. Good morning, Orlando. Delighted to have you with us here on a bright and beautiful Tuesday morning across Central Florida. And here at 8 o'clock, we're going to update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you right now on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM, AM 540, and the iHeartRadio app. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Alan Spector. Our top story this hour Trump returning to Florida. More in one minute. And Trump and race. What would you advise him to do or not do moving forward? We'll talk about it next on Good Morning Orlando. 803 on News Radio 93.1. Donald Trump is headed back to Florida. Last month, the president kicked off his re-election campaign in Orlando, and next week he'll be making a stop at the Villages Retirement Community in Sumter County. According to the White House, Trump will tout his administration's progress on securing and improving Medicare. Meanwhile, tonight is round two for the Democratic presidential candidates. The second debate from Detroit is again broken up over two nights, ten candidates apiece. Tonight's lineup includes Montana Governor Steve Bullock, a Democrat elected in a state very favorable to President Trump. Bullock failed to qualify for the opening debate last month. Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren also share the stage tonight. Frontrunner Joe Biden will wait until tomorrow night. So will California Senator Kamala Harris, who took direct aim at the former vice president's record on race relations on the debate stage a month ago. Jared Halpern, Fox News. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A child is dead after being left inside a hot van in South Florida. The body of two-year-old Noah Sneed was found yesterday outside a daycare center in Oakland Park. We know that at some time the boy was transported to this facility inside that van. What happened once they arrived here is under investigation. Kalita Concepcion with the Broward County Sheriff's Office. It's believed an employee with the daycare center picked up the boy and brought him to the center but left him inside the van. Temperatures inside that van may have reached up to 135 degrees. Had a great conversation, great incoming and input from our listeners on these hot car deaths that are too prevalent and oh so tragic. That was in our 7 o'clock hour. Murder is suspected in the death of a former star athlete in Brevard County. Deputies say 20-year-old Deandrel Turpin was shot to death over a week ago at a home in Merritt Island on North Courtney Parkway. No arrest has been announced. There's no word on a motive. Turpin played football and ran track at Space Coast High and Coco High. In a Sanford courtroom, the jury in the Grant Amato triple murder trial saw, for the first time, photographs of the Bulgarian webcam model Amato was allegedly obsessed with. The jury also heard Amato pleading with the woman named Sylvie to send him free videos. I'm asking you if you can please, pretty please, send me one of your videos. Prosecutors say Sylvie is at the center of the family dispute that they say drove Amato to murder his parents and a brother in the family's Chuliota home back in January. The jury could get the case by the end of the week. Disturbing cases, it plays out. Horrific crime, of course. And finally, a judge says NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell can be questioned under oath about a controversial play in last season's NFC Championship game. Attorney Antonio Lamont filed a lawsuit against the National Football League regarding a missed pass interference call. 
that hurt the New Orleans Saints' chances of beating the Los Angeles Rams in January. Pretty much killed them off. <laughs> yeah, cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl. I think so. Three referees will also be questioned. We'll finally get to the bottom of this, and we're going to replay Super Bowl whatever it was this year. And 53, <laughs> was it? I don't know. Get the Saints Listen, well, let me ask you a question. What is, what is Goodell going to say? The refs blew it. Yeah. What, what else? You can't. Because that's exactly what happened. There's no defense. I mean, come on. <laughs> Collusion. That's what they'll oh, say. Oh, yes. And the Russians are in there somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like to say the Patriots won uh, three. So, 53. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah. Okay. They so did. I have no complaints. Fine. Yeah. Patriots and a Yankee fan here no, who was called out yesterday on the air. Yeah. Well, you weren't here. Bud what do you have somebody saying again? And I'm getting this all over the place. The Bud Man, you cannot possibly be a Yankee fan and root for. The Patriots playing in the Red Sox hometown. Well, a caller on Open Mind Monday suggested you had jinxed the Yankees and and the fact that they lost three of four at Fenway Park this weekend to the Red Sox. True <laughs> story. It was all your fault because you are a Patriots fan. Yeah. He yeah. says you must pick one. He yeah. says wow. it's a simple science. You get one or the other. You don't <laughs> get both. How do you feel about that, Melissa? As a Nantucket girl who roots for the Red Sox and the Patriots, you have a problem with my loyalty to the Yankees? I grew up down there. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I love the fact that you like the Patriots, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely conflicted with your Yankees uh, love. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as a Yankee fan, I don't even eat at Boston Market. Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> Only New York market. You got to be, you gotta be right. consistent here. All WFLA right. news time is 8.08. <laughs> a 16-year-old just won $3 million playing a video game. Good gig. That story's online at WFLAOrlando.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at WFLAOrlando. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 93.1, this is Good Morning Orlando. And good morning to you, the Bud Man, with my co-host Alan Spector. Yaffe's our executive producer. Melissa, a.k.a. The Fox, will be taking your phone calls. And I really am conflicted on this question. You know the president's been hitting um, the squad, Elijah Cummings, Al Sharpton pretty hard, and they have been returning the favor or they've initiated the hostilities. It's all focused around, more than anything, issues of race. If you're on the Trump train, as I am, invested in getting this guy a second term, because while he's not perfect, he's done a lot of great things for this country, what would you advise him if you had the president's ear? Would you tell him to keep on hammering these issues that have a racial component to them? Or would you tell him to back off if the end game is winning a second term. I really am conflicted for reasons I will explain in a moment, but I'd like to know what you would tell the president. 407-916-5400, toll-free 866-916-5400, and our text line is 23680. Standard message and data rates applying. And we'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. 809 on Good Morning Orlando. Headlines now, you have a Capital One credit card? Listen up. Capital One is admitting that a data breach exposed information of about 100 million Americans and 6 million Canadians. The bank says 140,000 Social Security numbers, 80,000 bank account numbers, and personal information from credit card applications over the last 14 years were compromised by a single hacker. 
Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories here in Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Boy, phones and text line lighting up, and we'll get into the, the heart of um, our hot topic on, uh, on this half hour. But first of all, and I guess related in a way, and I can't take credit for this, I caught it on townhall.com in the middle of the night from radio uh, host Dennis Prager. How can you tell if a Trump supporter is racist? And here's how he says you do it. You ask any white conservative, including one who supports Trump, the following three questions. One, do you have more in common with and are you personally more comfortable in the company of a white leftist or a black conservative? Two, would you rather have nine white leftists or nine black conservatives on the U.S. Supreme Court? Three, would you rather your child marry a black Christian conservative or a white non-Christian liberal? And he concludes this, and I think he's right. A white racist would prefer the whites in each case. And that, Yaffe, is how you tell if a Trump supporter is racist or not. You said that was uh, Dennis Prager? Yeah. He's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah, it's a good piece there. Townhall.com, recommend it to you. So I am conflicted on uh, whether or not Trump should keep on pounding hard against the likes of the squad, Elijah Cummings, Al Sharpton, the rest of the crowd there, you know, Blasting inner city Baltimore for what it is, even though he gets tarred and feathered as a racist every single time he opens his mouth in this regard. What would you advise the president to do or not do moving forward if he wants a second term? I'm conflicted because there is merit in in much of what he has the guts to say. But will saying it when he doesn't have to say it cost him a second term and give the Democrats the White House, which is the ultimate political nightmare if you're on the Trump train. Yaffe, I am conflicted on this. Do you understand where I'm coming from here? Well, yeah, I'm very similar to you, actually. I'm conflicted because I want him to fight, and I want him to fight hard and keep fighting. I just wish sometimes he would fight smarter. And what I mean by that is, for instance, Rashida Tlaib came out for boycotting Israel recently. Right. It's not really getting any attention. Now, why is that? Because everyone's focused on Trump's go back to your country comment. He should focus more on that's a good thing to criticize her for. Really go after that. But sometimes he gets distracted with other stuff that I think hurts him. All right. We're making you Trump's chief of staff. What would you advise the president in this regard? Mike from St. Cloud. Go ahead. You're first. Hey, bud. I, I believe you're looking at it in the wrong perspective. You need to take two steps back and look at what's really happening. First of all, Trump is nailing every policy decision, and this is what Trump has been doing his whole life. He throws up a colorful distraction so everybody responds the exact same way. They always come out with racist, 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 blah, blah, blah. And, and what he's really doing with the other hand is, is tremendous success. He should not go after Tlaib with the BDS because the Democrats took her out. And he's very focused, and he's incredibly successful. This is all strategic. All right. Stay on it. Do it just the way he's doing it. Um, Alan, let's bring in another caller right now. All right. Patrick is uh, dialing in from Sebastian. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, sir. 
the president uses uh, signal words when he speaks. And this last time he used the signal word bully to describe uh, Cummings. Uh, the Democrats are bullies. And when they get cornered, they bully back and they fight back. And what we've learned is you can't back down to bullies. You have to stand up and fight them and fight them with facts. And that's what the president's doing right now. He's fighting back and he's pushing these little buttons to elicit responses from these bullies. Yeah, but Patrick, do you think this is going to help him in terms of winning the election next year? When he needs to go beyond the base and pull in the independents who ultimately will decide this thing. Correct, and especially with minorities who have been, you know, they've been uh, under the uh, school system that's been controlled by the Democrats. They're brainwashed. They're not learning anything. Trump needs to go into Baltimore, walk the streets. He needs to go into Chicago, go to California. Don't be afraid to get into the fight when you have the facts and the truth on your side. In other words, say, look what a mess the Democrats have made. They run all of your cities, and they've run them right into the ground. Why don't you try something new like me? Is that what he needs to do? Or or even get with those Democrats and those councilmen and say, what can we do? do to help you fix these problems well that would be a novel approach Uh, actually republicans and democrats getting together on something it's it's highly radical patrick but we'll take it under advisement and we appreciate (laughs) your call we got to get to more calls and the text line is absolutely flooded Peter's joining us this local headline now. It's quiet weather-wise as we speak, but lightning is being blamed for another house fire. This one in Orlando, a home on Scranton Avenue, caught fire yesterday during a thunderstorm. A man and his four-year-old son were in that home at the time, but they both made it out okay. Of course, the family is now displaced because of the damage caused. Updates at least every 10 minutes in our top stories on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Question on the table. You are the chief of staff for President Trump, hypothetically. What would you advise him if he wants a second term on the issue of race? Should he pound it hard against the likes of the squad, Cummings, Sharpton, etc., or back off? Here is Clay with a strong opinion from Orlando. Welcome to the conversation, Clay. What you got? How you doing, bud? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, just before I dive into that real quick, I wanted to address the three questions you had when it came to racist. I agree with you, but I know from my family, unfortunately, that they'll go party over race, but they're the same people that will ask me why I let uh, my son's black friend sleep on a pillow in our home. So really, it's a it, it party over race there, which is weird to me. Oh. Um, but when I say to it, I would say that he has us. He has his base. He has us locked. When he's towing the line, which I don't deem what he's saying is racist, but it's giving people ammo. No, and, and, and I don't think it is either. I wouldn't support him if I thought he was a racist. But that is how he is being branded by by the anti-Trump media machine and by, and, and, and by all of the minority public figures that he's firing back against. I completely agree. And that's, that's why if I was advising him, I would tell him to... I guess stop towing the line as much because, like I said, he's got the base. But we all can agree all right. he needs the independents and he needs some Democrats to come over. It's just with any election, you need that to win. I think that I think that's a, a heavy dose of reality there. The issue is whether or not this is politically counterproductive coming up to the election. Texters are on fire. Yes, a lot of different texts, bud man. Uh, a lot of people actually tell Trump to just keep it up. One person said exactly that, said tell Donnie T to keep it up. 
Another person said, keep going, keep fighting, brilliant strategy, fight this nonsense about race. I got one here that says, Trump has a natural instinct and it's gotten him far. I wouldn't dream of second guessing him. He's pulling more black people into his side with his honest criticism. I think it's cowardly and racist not to address the issues that he has commented on. Yeah, we have one person, though, that says, would like Trump to just tweet out his accomplishments. Then that's all the media will have to report on. You know, you know uh, I'm wondering, will it really make any difference if, if Trump were to change his tone on this? Because I find it hard to believe there aren't a lot of there are a lot of people uh, hard to believe there are a lot of people who haven't already made up their mind about Donald Trump. Uh, people are pretty firmly entrenched, I think, on one side or another. And uh, it's going to be, I think, in the election more about can he get his base to turn out more than the opposition gets their supporters. You know, there may be people who have problems with Trump, and there clearly are. But when you take a look at the economy and, and, and our standing in the world, et cetera, et cetera, and then you look at the Democrat field, whoever they finally come up with as a, as a, as a, as a candidate, and we have a debate tonight, um, you know, and they're not happy with that. They say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the sure the sure thing, which is I think a continuation to some very good things, primarily the economy that's helping everybody, minorities included. You know, as opposed to going off on some kind of a uh, a left wing tangent from whoever the Democrats finally cough up as a nominee. So I don't know. I still think there will be a lot of votes up for grabs, but people get turned off. Some do about issues of race, and they may say, "I never can vote for this guy because somehow I'm going to feel." as though people think I'm a racist for doing so, you know? That's why I think this is a very dangerous Mm -hmm. um, issue. So if he tones it down, then perhaps he presents himself as a palatable alternative for those who can't support whoever the Democratic nominee is. I'm inclined to go in that direction if I were his chief of staff, yes. With the end game, not to wimp out, but with the end game being you want a second term, we need you, and this is how you get it. And, 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 and because you can't control how you are attacked and how the media portrays you as a racist, uh, you know, take that card out of their hands. At any rate, news at the bottom of the hour, and then we're going to play Sound Judgment. All right, and we've got Orange County teachers voting no on a new contract and a paragliding accident turns deadly in Lake County. Those stories and others, plus elsewhere and traffic and weather together in just two minutes, 8.30 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. Alongside the Budman here, my co-host Alan Spector with our news update. And I got to tell you, Orange County teachers late last night made it very clear where they stand on that proposed new contract, didn't they? They did, Bud. For the first time, Orange County teachers have turned down a proposed contract. They were counting the ballots until late last night, and it was defeated by a nearly 4-to-1 margin. The district was offering a pay raise, but an increase in health insurance costs would have meant some teachers would actually take home less money. The Classroom Teachers Association and Orange County Public Schools will now have to return to the bargaining table. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A man is dead after a paragliding accident in Lake County. The man, identified as 60-year-old Michael McGuire from Kentucky, 
was piloting an ultralight-powered glider yesterday morning when it suddenly spun out of control and crashed into Lake Beauclair in Tavares. It's a single passenger sit-in, almost you've seen them with go-karts, you know. Um, my understanding was this was a three-wheeled aircraft. Sheriff Sergeant Fred Jones says a parachute was deployed, but it was too late. McGuire's body was pulled from the lake. He was paragliding with two friends who landed safely at a nearby golf course. The men had taken off from the Apopka Airport. A ceremony today in Brevard County will mark a milestone for an aerospace defense company, Lockheed Martin, celebrating the move of its fleet ballistic missile headquarters from California to Titusville. More than 300 employees are involved in the move to the facility at State Road 405 and Grissom Parkway. They won't be ready in time for school starting next month, but officials are gathering in South Florida to begin coming up with national standards to make classrooms safer. Federal officials plan to launch a school safety clearinghouse in November, offering best practices to benefit all schools. Parkland parent and Marjorie Stoneman Douglas Public Safety Commission member Max Schachter says the first meeting is today. We're inviting over three dozen different stakeholders from all different aspects, uh, mental health, law enforcement, superintendents. He stresses it's important that all experts in the different fields agree with the hope that the best practices are uploaded to a federal website for implementation nationwide. Eric Rodriguez, News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Five whales that stranded themselves on a Tampa Bay area beach are getting help from marine biologists. Three will be taken out into deep water and released. Two others will get a stop at a Tarpon Springs facility run by Clearwater Marine Aquarium. NOAA Marine Mammal Specialist Jessica Powell says the short fin pilot whales weigh almost a ton each. Four of the animals that we have stranded are between 13 and 14 feet. We think those animals are adults. We also have one smaller animal that's about 10 feet long, and we think that animal is a subadult or a, or a juvenile. The whales were discovered early yesterday morning on Reddington Beach. Again, that's in the Tampa Bay area. They've never, am I right on this, figured out why whales do this? You know, we all think we're doing them a big favor, but what if the whales have just decided it's time to check out? I, I don't you know. know. I, I just wonder about Stop that Stop pushing me back in the ocean. Hey, Wiz, this was exhausting. Now I have to do it all again? Mind your own beeswax. I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't think we have all the answers there, but it's interesting. Elsewhere. If you're a fan of the 2008 vampire film Twilight... And, Bud, I know your wife is a huge fan. All of the books, all of the movies. You she's might... made me go to every one, and she's read every book. There could be a new adventure in your future, Bud. <laughs> if you're a fan of Twilight, you can stay in the home that Bella Swan moved into with her father. Could you speak a little more softly? She may be out there. Linda, though the film's setting was Forks, Washington, the five-bedroom 1930s home is actually in St. Helens, just outside of Portland, was put up for sale last year, and the new owners have completely embraced the Twilight theme with cardboard cutouts of Bella and Werewolf Jacob in certain rooms. We're going 3,000 miles to Oregon for this thing? The, yes, you are. Uh, no, the we're twi- not. The Twilight <laughs> Swan House currently has a five-star rating, and here's the clincher for you, bud. Rooms go for a mere $330 a night. And no, we're not. <laughs> Times two. <laughs> well, I, White's on the phone here. I what? guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Linda, Mm -hmm. Twilight, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you really love me? Hmm? Police say an Indiana woman wore a set of stolen dentures to a meeting with a probation officer. The Jennings County Sheriff's Office says someone reported that Joanne Childers stole her false teeth and wore them around. 
A probation officer later met with Childers and reported that the woman was wearing teeth that, quote, may be stolen. Officers eventually spotted the set of dentures inside Childers' home, labeled with the alleged victim's name. Uh Uh-oh. She's now facing a theft charge. Busted. And finally, there's no escaping it. The phenomenon continues. Kellogg's is launching a new cereal inspired by the song Baby Shark. Baby Shark cereal will hit shelves exclusively at Walmart and Sam's Club. Beginning August 17th, fans can get their hands on the cereal at Sam's Club. It'll be sold at Walmart in late September. Baby Shark cereal consists of berry-flavored loops with marshmallows and will sell for $5.98 a box. Now, the last time Baby Shark was heard from, the music was driving the homeless out of a park down in Palm Beach. Am I right on that, West Palm Beach? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that and, the, and the taco song as yeah. well. And then yeah. it was in my head for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. So thanks. Thanks. Sure, <laughs> glad to help. Find more on these stories on the Good Morning Orlando page at WFLAOrlando.com. Just look for Elsewhere. With Alan Spector. Yeah, I got a really cool podcast. All the elsewheres out there you could ever want to listen to. And they are great fun. Also, great fun playing Sound Judgment once a day. And right now we're going to clear the decks on the on the, on the the hot topic of the hour just for our contestants. We're playing for a brand new prize. They've got a the 25th annual Lake Ridge Winery Grape Stomp Festival Continuous live music, all kinds of family-friendly entertainment. It is fantastic, and it is right here in Central Florida. And we've got free tickets for our Sound Judgment winner. You're eligible if you haven't won in a month, okay? 407-916-5400. Our toll-free still open. You better grab it quickly. Here's that number, toll-free, 866-916-5400. Sound judgment right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic once again here on the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. All right, Heather, thank you. We've got a weather-related headline for you right now. If you're just joining us, the National Hurricane Center forecasters now say that tropical wave we've been watching over the eastern Caribbean is expected to move to the west-northwest with no significant development over the next several days. Development is slightly more likely over the upcoming weekend as the disturbance moves near Florida and the Bahamas. We'll keep an eye on it for you, of course. Stay with us for updates at least every 10 minutes in the top stories on Good Morning Orlando. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 93.1 WFLA. Sound Judgment contestants are ready to go. Melissa has got chapter and verse on a brand new prize. Well, bud, it is the 25th annual Harvest Grape Stomp coming up. Yep, finally harvest season has arrived. It's time to get out there and stomp some grapes and have a fun time doing it. It's actually a competition. It's a family outing, continuous live music, an entire weekend with great music and great wine, beer even too, soft drinks, all kinds of fun. When is it? It is coming up in uh, the uh, weekend of August 17th and 18th pair of tickets for you to go to the 25th annual harvest grape stomp at the lake ridge winery you can win them right now just use your sound judgment it's right there in claremont worth the drive from anywhere great family fun like nothing else um anywhere okay so here we go 
If you're trying to get in, wait for a wrong answer in an open line at 407-916-5400. So you're hearing a lot about the city of Baltimore these days. We talked about it a lot this morning with President Trump ripping the parts of Baltimore, represented by Congressman Elijah Cummings as a rat-infested, crime-ridden dump. Cummings has done nothing to clean up. Well, it so happens, would you believe, today is the anniversary of the founding of Baltimore. For today's Sound Judgment game, we're going to play one of many songs I found about Baltimore. This one clearly written before Elijah Cummings was elected. Listen, then use your Sound Judgment to tell me the year the city of Baltimore was founded on this very date. You come within 10 years, you're our winner. Yes, Baltimore, your home to me. You're everything a home should be. Love a friend and family. Hold to me, hold to me, Baltimore. 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 Personally, I'd rather hear Baby Shark. <laughs> Somebody tweeted in here or texted in saying if you keep playing Baby Shark, he's going to have to break his radio, Alan. (laughs) Let's go and see if we can find a winner. This is the anniversary of the founding of the city of Baltimore. Come within 10 years of the year it was founded on this date. You're our winner. Go ahead, line one. Take your best shot. Um, 1750. No. Oh. No, no, but you're not that far off. Open line, get it at 407-916-5400. The year Baltimore was founded. Come within 10. You're our winner, line two. 1729. Yeah. Somebody's quick on the search. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yep. July 30th, 1729. I think they had like 42 people. And 7,000 rats. I don't know what the count was, but at any rate... And there was an Elijah <laughs> Cummings campaign sign. Yes, there was. It was early in his career. Yeah, he hadn't been elected yet. <laughs> hey, congratulations. You've won the tickets to the Lake Ridge Winery Festival and the Grape Stomp. Congratulations to you. Well, thank you very much, bud. <laughs> What's your first name, please? Joe. Joe, calling in from what town? Coco. Excellent. Great to have you with us all the way from the coast. Glad you enjoy Good Morning Orlando. We love having you on the show, and we're excited you won today, Joe. Thanks for coming by. Thank you very much, bud. All right, my friend. Don't don't go away. I'll put you on hold, and you and Melissa can talk it over. How about that? It's amazing. With all the Baltimore news right now, I just, you know, I'm doing a search for what are we going to, what are we going to do for sound judgment? You know, it's the thing that hangs over me like one of those eighth grade term papers that drove you out of your mind, you know, you know. (laughs) Every day I you have one of these. You can't delegate this to somebody no, else? I, not yet. I don't know what it... I, I, no, I'm, you know, that's well, a heck of an idea. Don't look at me. <laughs> I am looking at you. I'm looking right at you. Oh, my god! And all of a sudden it says, you know, on this date in history, blah, 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 blah. I go through the list, 500 years, and all of a sudden there's the founding of the city of Baltimore. Then I says, does anybody write a song about Baltimore? I'm desperate. I'm tired of this. I'm over this. I've been spending an hour on the sound judgment element of this show. So what do I do? I go to a search, and there's like a dozen songs about Baltimore. Who knew? Who knew? There you go. Anyway, in a moment, we're going to end where we began. And if you were not with us at 6 o'clock, you'll want to catch this on the issue of Trump and race and the truth about Baltimore. 
coming up. For headlines, let me turn it over to Alan. We have breaking news. Yeah, this just in, but authorities are responding to a report of an active shooter at a Walmart in Mississippi. This is in the city of South Haven. Multiple injuries have been reported and people are being asked to avoid that area. No other details were immediately available. Officers and emergency personnel were at the scene. Again, a report of an active shooter and multiple injuries at a Walmart in South Haven, Mississippi. Thanks, Alan. Updates here all day on WFLA as warranted. So, uh, Elijah Cummings, the uh, the congressman, the black congressman who's represented a, a, a Baltimore, an inner-city Baltimore forever, you know, calls Trump a racist, um, and, and Trump has fired back. You heard about it over the weekend, saying that his district is a disgusting rat and rodent-infested mess. Nobody would want to live there. You think Trump's making it up when he talks about rat-infested neighborhoods of Baltimore? Listen, because we played this earlier in the show, to the former mayor of Baltimore, Catherine Pugh, taking a tour of her city last year. What the hell? We should just take all this down. Boom, you can smell the rats. Oh, my God, you can smell the dead animals. And Bernie Sanders running for president, old white left winger. He toured the inner city Baltimore in 2015. Listen to what he said. But anyone who took the walk that we took, we took around this neighborhood would not think you're in a wealthy nation. You would think that you were in a third world country. But today what we're talking about is a community in which half of the people don't have jobs. We're talking about a community in which there are hundreds of buildings that are uninhabitable. We're talking about a community where kids are unable to go to schools that are decent. Anybody remember Bernie Sanders being branded a racist for saying that? Trump's been branded a racist, you know, for for telling the truth about Baltimore. Very interesting double standard at work there. We talked about it in detail earlier. And for those of you just joining us, we thought we'd do a little bit of a uh, Cliff Notes version to get you up to date. Stay with WFLA all day long. We'll have updates on the breaking news about the active shooter in the Mississippi Walmart, of course. Glenn Beck from 9 until noon, Rush from noon until 3, Dave Ramsey, financial advice, 3 to 5, then giving away to Yaffe for the ride home on PM Orlando. Yeah, we'll preview the upcoming Democrat debates and any other breaking news. We'll cover it. Absolutely. Been great being with you for the last three hours. You are the best audience in talk radio. Thanks for all you add to the show. We'll catch you tomorrow morning for Alan Yaffe and Melissa the Budman. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.